Welcome to Whose Podcast Is It Anyway? A show where our host engages in a lively conversation with the guest. The guest chooses the topic and the host has no prior preparation or knowledge of the topic. Please note that the opinions expressed on this program are the opinions and views of the host and the guests and are not necessarily the same opinions and views of Al Seeger or Point of Insanity Game Studio. And now, here's your host, Chad Knight. Whose podcast is it anyway? Episode 38. Hello and welcome to my mind mare. Lately I've been more introspective than I have been in a long time. Well, really ever. I don't know what it is that has caused me to start looking back at my life in more detail than before. I suppose it could be a lot of things. It could be the fact that I'm getting older. It could be the fact that unlike before, I have created something and I want to make sure that I give it all that I can and make it all that it can be. It could be that I'm very happy in my life and this is my way to look back at the highs and lows, the easy times and the hard times, and realize that all those things made me who I am today. I suppose it could be any or possibly all of these things. The fact truly remains that it doesn't matter why. The fact is, I am. I have spent time thinking about the past, the future, the now. I have made decisions recently that will affect my life in many ways, and I have shared those thoughts and presumed changes with those in my life that they will also affect. I think there is a shake-up coming in my life, and I'm excited for it, and I hope it is as good as I perceive it to be in my mind. With that said, I would like to read a poem to you that I wrote when I was in high school and published in an anthology of poetry entitled Enchanted Dreams. The poem is entitled Rage by C.O. Knight. The breath of the dragon rages. His fierce, formidable body lunges. The knight negates the blow. He lashes at the beast. The battle rages on. The dragon roars in anger. The blade finds its mark. The brave knight drives his sword deeper. The dragon reels in pain. The battle rages on. The dragon feels the betrayal. The knight glories in it. Dragon versus knight. Knight versus dragon. The battle rages on. The knight screams his disapproval. The words bounce off the dragon's scales. The world rages on. Why all this sadness and pain? Why all this hurt and confusion? Why? 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 Where are we? How did we get here? The world rages on. The people scream out. The governments close their ears. The poor die. The rich eat and get fat. The world has moved on. The world has moved on. The world. Why do I read this? What does it have to do with choices and being introspective? Everything. I had thought about this poem for a few weeks now, and I know that it is the work of a 15-year-old boy, and that its topic and form are fairly liberal and yearning for who I am now, but this poem is the basis of who I am today, because it was who I was then. It's all a big circle, and it all comes together inside us. We make a full circle, and we notice those things when we take the time to look at who we are. Take a moment. Look inside yourself. See who you are, who you were, and more importantly, who you want to become. 
All right, let's check in with our guest, Chris Fawley. All right, so I want to start off by apologizing to you, Chris. I can't seem to remember where we met. Game night. Was it game night? It was game night. Okay. Years and so years. So was that during the, the years of um, Magic, playing Magic? Yeah, it was right as Fifth Dawn was released. So we're talking... <laughs> we're talking that... 2003, so we're talking almost 15 years. So, wow. Yeah, that's... But there was, uh, a, there was a couple year hiatus when I was out of town. Yeah, you were out of town, and then we kind of reconnected when I opened Chatham Games. Yes, and then you went you went the way of the fools. <coughs> well, no, actually the smart man, and he stopped working as much. But then well, you went the way of the you you know you then became a recluse. We'll say I'm not really a recluse. Okay, fine. I, social media social media fan, but we don't see that much. That's true. I don't get out as much as I would like to. Well, anyway. Uh, I would say we both have similar tastes in gaming. In fact, just before we went on the air, we were talking about D&D and Pathfinder and all that kind of fun stuff. So why don't you take this opportunity, Chris, tell us about yourself, your likes and dislikes, and your family, whatever you want to tell us about. Oh, let's see here. I like long walks on the beach, pina coladas, getting caught in the rain. I'm not into yoga or yoko. Nobody's into Yoko. Yeah, except for for some reason John Lennon was, which at that point I lost a lot of respect for the man. Well, you know, the more I read, and actually um, the more I read about the Beatles in general, and especially Yoko Ono in in how she interacted with the group as a whole. She actually interacted, or was she more of the... the, Well, she was the driving force behind John's attitude issues. She was the plague. She was, and she interacted with John in such a way that it made him interact poorly with the rest of the band. Now, I'm not saying that without Yoko, the band would still would have always been around, because they probably would have broken up after some time. Ringo anyway. would have done something. <laughs> Why is it always Ringo? Why does everybody always blame Ringo? Because George was the quiet one. Yes, George was the quiet one. Paul was the creative one that's still playing music And the cute well. one. Remember, he was the cute one. Uh, I'm a guy. I don't swing that way. I don't, you know. I will admit, you know, The Rock, Vin Diesel do have their appeal to the to the feminine ladies. I mean, my wife is all, she, they're, they're on her list of five. Oh, yeah. The Rock, my wife. It's like... And Vin Diesel. She's... She, my, wife, my wife qualifies herself as sexually selfish. Sexually selfish. But she said, well, for those two, I might break that rule. Ah, I see. See, my wife has a thing for The Rock. It's like, it doesn't matter. She can be anywhere in the house. Even if I'm watching wrestling, whether I'm watching a movie, whatever, The Rock comes on the screen, and there she is. She's like, oh, we're, it's something she with The Rock. She hears the voice. I don't know what it is. She hears the eyebrow shift. Maybe that's it. She, it's she, the eyebrow. The eyebrow raises, and she knows. My, All right. My wife hears Mick Foley and runs the other way, but, you know. Oh, God. Okay, so quick question. We're both wrestling fans. Yeah. So Mick Foley, which which – version of Mick Foley was your favorite Cactus Jack you had Dude Love you had uh, uh, Mankind I actually preferred Mick just plain old Mick Foley I preferred Mick Mrs. Foley's baby boy yes I preferred Mick you know Cactus Jack during ECW jeez that man's insane I has that's the only word I have is insane well it was I believe it was in a barbed wire match where they ripped his friggin ear off no standard ropes in, in Germany. Oh, really? First chapter of his first book. Okay. I, I've never read it, so... It's actually quite quite interesting. He actually wrote it himself. No ghostwriter. Really? He had an editor, and that was it for both his... For both his well, then I know he does, like, kids' books, which always blows my mind. 
He loves water parks, you know, roller coasters and those types of stuff. Right, and he also really enjoys playing Santa Claus. Yes. So, anyway, um, well, thanks for uh, giving us a little uh, look inside there, Chris. Uh, now let's look into our, let's look at Today in History. Today in History, and as you all know, I get all my facts from www.history.com slash thisdayinhistory. April 21st, 1989. Chinese students begin protest at Tiananmen Square. Six days after the death of Hu Yaobang, the deposed reform-minded leader of the Chinese Communist Party, some 100,000 students gather at Beijing's Tiananmen Square to commemorate Hu and voice their discontent with China's authoritative communist government. The next day, an official memorial service for Hu Yaobang was held in Tiananmen's Great Hall of the People and student representatives carried a petition to the steps of the Great Hall, demanding to meet with Premier Li Ping. The Chinese government refused such a meeting, leading to a general boycott of Chinese universities across the country and widespread calls for democratic reforms. Ignoring government warnings of violent suppression of any mass demonstration, students from more than 40 universities began to march to Tiananmen on April 27th. The students were joined by workers, intellectuals, and civil servants, and by mid-May, more than a million people filled the square. The site of communist leader Mao Zedong's proclamation of the People's Republic of China in 1949. On May 20th, the government formally declared martial law in Beijing, and troops and tanks were called in to disperse the dissidents. However, large numbers of students and citizens blocked the army's advance and by May 23rd, government forces had pulled back to the outskirts of Beijing. On June 3rd, with negotiations to end the protests stalled and calls for democratic reforms escalating, the troops received orders from the Chinese government to reclaim Tiananmen at all costs. By the end of the next day, Chinese troops had forcibly cleared Tiananmen Square and Beijing streets, killing hundreds of demonstrators and arresting thousands of protesters and other suspected dissidents. In the weeks after the government crackdown, an unknown number of dissidents were executed, and communist hardliners took firm control of the country. The international community was outraged at the incident, and economic sanctions imposed by the United States and other countries sent China's economy into decline. However, by late 1990, international trade had resumed, thanks in part to China's release of several hundred imprisoned dissidents. I don't know about you out there, but I remember this like it was yesterday. This was one of the worst scenes I've ever seen on television news. We were sitting at home watching the news, and the tanks came along, and there was one person standing there in Tiananmen Square yet, and he refused to move. And the tank tried to drive around him, and he got in front of the tank. And finally, the tank just ran him down. It was amazingly sad. And at the time, I didn't know a whole lot of the history, but everybody knew that China was not a place where Western ideology was really allowed. I mean, you weren't even really allowed to think like a Westerner, let alone act like a Westerner. So it was sad, but it seems like China is nowhere near a Western ideology yet. However, China has come a long way since the days of the late 80s and early 90s. And, you know, if you go back to Mao Zedong and, and generals and dictators like that, hopefully this is just something that will be a part of history that we are meant to remember and to serve as a warning going forward. Drop page. 
All right, Chris, we finally made it the most fun and exciting part of the night. This is where you try to stump me into silence with your topic. Let's have at it. Oh, no, no, no. I'm not stumping into silence. Okay. I'm bringing you into the topic. Well, that's the idea, but... Oh, no, no, no. This is one you're going to jump on in about, hmm, I'd say four, maybe six seconds. All right. Let's hear what you got. It's a topic we were just discussing before we even went on the air. Gaming? Gaming. Okay. More specifically, broken slash overpowered characters. You're going to make me talk about min-maxers? No. I'm talk. I'm not talking about the min maxers. I'm talking about the the darn fools who go through every every book of rules and finds exactly how to build a character so it's so powerful nobody can touch it. No, I'm talking about the darn fools that sit there and go sideways. You oh. can min max and and make them so powerful you can't touch them. And yeah, those people are annoying. But as a DM, you can do that. Well, the nice thing about being a DM is there's always something there's called always the epic bigger, level hand pump. There's always the bigger dragon and more mind flares. Yeah, oh, yeah, mind flares. Aboleth, if you really have to go dark. Or if you really have fun, you combine them. I've heard of such a thing. I've never actually done that as a DM, and I've done a lot of crazy shit as a DM. I've seen, I've gone up against... And I would use the DM because, you know, I've only had the honor of playing as you with the DM for two campaigns. Well, I wouldn't know. I don't know if I'd call it an honor. However, people do continue to ask me to run stuff all the time, so I must be at least decent at it. You make it interesting. You keep us entertained. Yeah, I I tend to take the rules and throw them out the window and tell a story. Which makes it fun. But one time we had some fool... That started min-maxing a tiefling warlock. Okay, so now when we're talking warlock, we're talking... 3.5. 3.5, okay. We're going, we're, going, we're going with the... We aren't talking old school. We're not talking the new stuff. We're talking the one that most people in their 30s and 40s played the majority of the time. Yep. I mean, I started in second ed. I don't know about you. I started second ed at 8. At eight. At eight. Thank well, you for older cousins. <laughs> I didn't actually start gaming, and a lot of people don't realize this about me. I didn't start gaming until I was 18 years old. I was in college, and I got in with the wrong group, and I want to thank the right group? Well, I was just going to say I want to thank those guys for dragging me into this thing. But, you know, I've always been one of these guys who always had a expansive, uh, not, not, obviously not, vocabulary but i had an yes there you go i had an expansive imagination i wrote a lot um i talked about that earlier in here about um actually a poem i had uh published when i was 15 years old uh you know and so i've always had that and i would write stories and i would write poetry and i would do all this kind of stuff but i never took it into the realm of gaming for a couple of reasons one i didn't know really anybody that gamed i knew a couple people And I tried gaming once when I was maybe, I don't know, 12, 13. Went over to a friend's house and I was introduced to um, second edition, uh, El Cadium, which was the, the, you know, the... uh, Arabian theme? Yes, the Arabian theme. (laughs) My God, my, this is what happens when I record late at night. (laughs) It's not even that late. I mean, some of us, yeah, have been working since, worked for a full eight hour shift starting at 7 a.m., but then also work night shifts, you know. 
Yeah, the hours so, of a bartender never truly end. That's true. I I worked my full. Well, actually, I put about ten hours in today, but it's just one of those things. I've gotten into. I'm old now. I just turned forty one recently. So you got five years on me. Five. That's that's, that's important. It. That's it. That's important. I've got a one year old almost. And See, that and that's I don't why get sleep. That's why you don't need sleep. <laughs> that's what caffeine is for. Well, caffeine. Diet Mountain Dew. And the zero calorie, the zero calorie sugar free rock stars are my friends. See, I'm I'm a fan of the the zero calorie um, monsters. Also nice, but I like the fruit punch and the watermelon of the rock stars. Okay, I haven't tried Rockstar in years. The last time that I drank a sugar free rock star was they only had the one flavor, the original Rockstar wannabe Red Bull. Yeah, whatever it was, and it tastes horrible. And Red Bull, I'm not a fan of, but Red the Bull monster like ones. A liquid sweet tart. <laughs> and I don't like sweet tarts. That's that's a sad day. Well, that's what my wife says too. She's a she's a huge sweet tart fan. But anyway, I think it's a woman thing. My wife is too. So now, not when to you be say typical, let's get back to the topic here. So when you say going sideways, you said a tiefling, um, warlock. Warlock. Now, for people that don't know gaming out there, tieflings are basically demon spawn. Demon-human hybrids, we'll say. Demon spawn with a human. Right, but their for lineage... Lack of a better, for lack of a clearer description. Yes, I mean... They'll have cloven hoof at least for one foot, if not both. And then they'll have a tail, and some of them have horns, some of them have red Some of them are skin. more human, some of them are more demonic in shape. Right, they will... Which is part of the reason I, when my mother found out I was gaming at age eight, I was whooped. <laughs> You I, were... grew, I grew up in a classic Baptist home, so okay. D&D at that point was of the devil, for lack oh, of yes. a better phrase. I grew up in a Roman Catholic house. So again, <laughs> of the devil. Not yes. There's anything so, wrong with it, but still. Right, so you know that, that was kind of my story, is I went over to my buddy's house, they introduced me, I went home and I said, Mom, we were playing this game, and she said, what game were you playing? And I said, Dungeons and Dragons! And I was not allowed to go to that guy's house for four years. I wasn't able to see my cousins without my parents around <laughs> now, when I hit high school, then I started playing Dark Sun. Okay. I still want to do another Dark Sun. I, I have never wanna... played in the Dark Sun uh, world, but my first real big immersion into second edition was um, Ravenloft. Ooh. And I really enjoy the Ravenloft setting, except you die so just indiscriminately in Ravenloft. So it's kind of like Game of Thrones, where as soon as you start liking a character, they're dead. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So And, and I there did... is no spoilers in that either. No, there's not a spoiler in there at all. It's just fact. But, uh, you know, in the first game I ever played, it was kind of cool. And then it's one of those things, you know, you talk about Strahd, but of course you don't want to run into Strahd, because that's like you and I running into Count Dracula. He's just going to kill okay us. I'd be okay with it. He's just going to kill you and move on. Epic levels. Maybe. With the right party. Maybe. And a friendly dragon. That's on your side. I said a friendly dragon. I know you said friendly, but you didn't say pet. Because you would need a pet dragon. No, you could do it with a dragon that is friendly and of the same thought pattern of you of this is bad. So what you're saying is just teaming up with a dragon. There really is never a pet dragon. Well, it's a dragon. 
Yeah, okay, fair enough. If it doesn't like you, it will eat you. True. Because if, even if it's lawful good, it'll say... Go away or I will eat you. And then you will never really truly go away because it's a dragon and it's awesome. So what be, what happens? You become the afternoon snack. <laughs> or third breakfast, whichever you prefer. Right. So anyway, tiefling warlock. So As how do you go how do you go sideways? Explain going well, sideways in, in your words. It is it is in essence a min maxing. They min maxed it, but also didn't know what they were doing. Okay. So you have the combination of the nitpicking min maxing, which is annoying as all heck. You know, maxing out the proper ones for I am burly, I am manly. Watch me sing! Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, you blow them over the straw in other aspects. Mm -hmm. But if you're going to do that, great. But know your, know what you're playing. Play oh, absolutely. It. Absolutely. Shoot. If you want to play a dwarf and cleric, have fun and you better be making meat. <laughs> and lots of it. And drinking lots. Well, that's a given, isn't it? Well, it is their holy water. <laughs> Not being stereotypical again. Oh, boy, I'm thinking a lot of stereotypes, aren't I? Well, when it comes to gaming, that's really what gaming is. There is a lot of stereotypes. Now, you can break those stereotypes, especially... Oh, you mean like the Dwarven Cleric I've played? Right. Or not, not Cleric, sorry. I played Clerics, too. That's what we were talking about. The Druid. Dwarven Druid would be uh, non-stereotypical. A Dwarven Sorcerer. Ooh. You can do that in 5th Ed. I've done it. I've done it in 3-5. <laughs> You can do it in 3-5, you just got to know what you're doing. It, it takes a little more. Yeah. No, the, the one that was interesting was the Elvish Barbarian. I got you beat. My daughter once played a Halfling Barbarian because she thought it would be cute. That's right there with the Gnomish Barbarians. <laughs> or, well, you wait, know, you put a... You put did, a... Didn't somebody once play a Fae Barbarian with us? Yes. You know, I think somebody did. I even remember who it was. Who? Mr. Sherwood. Ah, Kenny. Yes, the man who was not afraid to try something completely obscure and off the wall just for the sake of doing it. But, you know, I have to give Ken, when I've played games with Ken, you have to give the man credit. When he picks an idea and he takes a character, he makes it his own. And he and he runs it fun. Yes, and he will run it into the ground, though. He will run into the ground. But if it doesn't work out, he's not going to get upset. No, if it doesn't work out, he will find the most dramatic, fun way to kill his character off and move on. And then make one that's going to just sit there and just be scarier. <laughs> All right, so it, we're, we keep getting off topic okay. here of your... so the sideways. Is, yes. Yes, you're min-maxing, but it's also not knowing. So you're going sideways. You've got a min-maxer. They're like, oh, my numbers are wonderful. My numbers are great. I'm going to do this. But they aim it wrong. Oh, that happens a lot. Oh, no. Where it's not a critical failure. It's just poorly thought out. Right. That would be like making a wizard who has is low blind. intelligence. Or is blind. Or can't talk. Ooh, mute wizard. Now I have an idea for the next one. Well, you know, you take a mute wizard, that limits the number of spells they can cast. Because there are ones that just need, you know, nonverbal... But the number is very small. Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> Perfect but it, for a halfling. But it would be fun to attempt. 
You know, in my years, I've spent more time probably behind the DM screen than I have as a player. Because I, I picked up DMing really early. I was probably two years in as a player when I started DMing, so... I started DMing because nobody else could understand how to keep that many people on track and organized. I had that issue. Um, I ran a game called Dead Earth. I don't remember if you know if you remember this at um, game night. Ah, uh, yes, I remember Dead Earth. I had. I, couldn't, I could never make it work because I was working at a restaurant, so yeah, I could never make it. But it was it was one of those things where I think I had sixteen or eighteen players on a regular basis. Now, try to keep that many people involved. I ended up having, I had two guys that were playing that were also helping me DM. Your crowd control. Yeah, they were, it actually was kind of funny. Somebody would be like, I want to go buy, go talk to, you know, go talk go to. Go talk to my merchant. Yeah, go talk to Netzler. Netzler, you're all the merchants. All right. That's great until he wants to buy something. Right. The but then I, prices are absurd at that point. <laughs> well, no, at that point, then I would be like, okay. Let's that's deal a, with that's this. assuming he actually tells you he's buying things. Well, I, you know... Netzler, I've seen you do it, so don't say you don't. <laughs> anyway, you know, and then I had another guy. His name was Jason, and he took care of all the, oh, we want to go get a hooker, or we want to go, you know, buy a room for the night. Go talk to Jason. The usual, you get a lot of guys together with, with enough caffeine and or adult libations with their imagination, and somehow or another... At least one character always has nymphomaniac, nymphomaniacal tendencies. Right. And, you know, that is something as I've grown as a DM that I just don't do that anymore. You don't role play out nights in the boudoir. You don't even... They're like, I want a woman of the night. Great. Two gold, go. Have fun. You, you figure out what you're doing. You might come back walking like you just rode a horse for the last three days. As or like male, you were as a male character, or or like you were ridden like a horse for the last three. Oh snap! <laughs> you you don't have to go into the details, right? But you can have fun with the results. Exactly. I do remember I had I had a dwarven cleric. Actually, when I tried when we were doing fifth ed, okay, fifth ed starter set, but I had a bunch of people playing that had never played before. I'm like, you know, fifth is nice. I don't know it enough. There's not enough source material. This was right when it came out. I'm like, I can take this fifth ed and make it 3-5, which I can explain to anybody over the age of four. Fifth ed is, rulings are very simplistic. They remind me a lot of original AD&D, first edition slash some of the second edition stuff. Be Mostly first. Yeah, and minus Thaco. Second edition minus Thaco. Yes. And... If you don't know what Thaco is... You're in a happy place. Yes, don't 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 ask too many questions. Or wiki it. Feel free to wiki it. Sure, you can wiki it. I don't and... remember how it's spelled. Have fun surrounding it out. <laughs> but Thaco is just one of those devices for uh, figuring out it, whether or not you hit somebody. And it was just... It was complex math is what it really was. Kind of like grapple checks. I don't even use those. I know. But I have. Yeah, oh. to, I had I use I've used them on min maxers just to tick them off. <laughs> Fair enough. So, but when you talk about going sideways, so you're saying they're min maxing, not knowing what they're doing. So all of a sudden they've they've min maxed this thing. They have no clue how to play it. Right. So next thing you know, they're blowing up their own party. They're going so far sideways that you guys should be able to walk through 
four human soldiers right. with a party of six and a min-max tiefling warlock without a, without blinking. Right. All of a sudden you have four party members dead. <laughs> now this sounds like a story. No, it's not. It's just, it is just pure and simple idiocy. <laughs> I know, but it sounds like something that you've either witnessed or were akin to, or maybe you were the tiefling warlock. No, the last time I truly min-maxed, I was a spell scale spell thief. Combination rogue and spellcaster. And I was I was one of those people that everybody wanted to roll stats for. They wanted me to roll their stats. And the DM's like, no, except for the new person. I could do that. You could help the new person. Because I never had a stat level under 16 with four dice re-rolling ones and taking off the lowest. Well, see, that's the problem, is they're allowing you to re-roll ones. And that's a dangerous thing as a DM. So I've... I stopped re-rolling ones. And you still had stats like that? 15 or better. And this was due to what? The fact that your dice are loaded? Actually, these are random dice. Actually, it was it was at Chatham that last time I did it. Really? We grabbed random dice out of the box. And it's... Netzler verified each and every. Yeah, one. but we can believe Netzler as far as I can throw. No, 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 no. He was he was running it. And that's watched, what I'm getting. That's but what there I... was other witnesses. There were <laughs> multiple witnesses, names who I will not mention. Names are fine, especially if they're Adam Netzler. Or Jake. And Jake. Now. Jake is, uh, I always enjoyed playing with Jake. I only got that honor once. Oh, okay. One Saturday. You ran a one-stop a, a one Saturday, a one-off Saturday, and that was the only time. Yeah, Jake was a that great was guy. That game night in the mall. In the mall? Oh, my God. I ran a lot of garbage at the mall. Everybody ran garbage at the mall. I mean, I remember running a die 20 anything. You could bring in any character as long as it came from a die 20 setting that's when i brought in my skunked wookie is that, that yeah you were in that weren't you and i ended up i ended up i didn't truly min max it but you did watch me roll my stats i believe it and i had nothing under a 15 i just it just seems wrong it I, was a wookie and then i hid i was a black wookie with a white skunk stripe <laughs> on a tree with stormtroopers I was facing them with my back to them. I hid. I rolled a three. You rolled a one. <laughs> that sounds about right. Dice hate me. Anybody that knows me and has ever gamed as me knows that I can roll 20s all night long as long as they don't mean a thing. The minute a die roll means something, I it's suck. It's a three or a four. Yeah, it's horrible. Unless... I'm behind the screen. Unless it's that little Sturge that you know is, it's your last Sturge and you know it's going to die with eight players, but you still got to go through it. Because that Sturge may roll a 20. And you do. Against the guy with the most hit points and it really does nothing in the long run. Well, yes, but you know, as a DM, you, you have to take what you can get. I don't disagree. You know, and the, and the job of the DM, and a lot of people misinterpret this, but the job of the DM is not to defeat the players. It's not me against you. Although sometimes a TPK can be fun. If it happens in an organic way. Or with the right people that understand, it's let's just see how fun this can go. Yeah, there's that too. But, I mean, a TPK, uh, a total party kill, 
You kill them all. Can be fun. And I've done it a few times throughout my career. Not very often because I try not to. I did it once. Second level. Second level characters. I told them, you do not want to open that door. I flat out told them they do not want to open the door. And they opened they, the doors. They opened the door. Of course they did. That would be like putting a red button in front of me right now and going, Chad, don't press that red button. With a gargantuan red dragon. You just wanted to use that big mini, didn't you? I never got the big mini. I, I don't know many people that did. And now they're 500 some bucks. Yeah, they're insane. I do have the black and the blue. Okay. I, I don't have the... I, I never got red. into the the gigantic ones. I did I got have the black one because that was pretty awesome. It is, and I got it at wholesale rate. Like I had the. the <laughs> I did have the bone dragon from the um oh the 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 drow. What's his name um from that series? The ice. Icing death. Icing death. No, that was white dragon. That was a white dragon. You're right. I had the icing death. But that's the one I wish I could have gotten. And then I got rid of it, and now that one's you worth a lot of money, fiend. too. I know. I know. Sometimes money's just more important than little toys. Since when? Wait, no. I, I, I can say that I've paid my rent selling magic cards so, a yeah. couple times in my life. There you go. Sometimes sometimes a place to live. You've paid my rent in buying magic cards. Probably. More than once. <laughs> well, we had, we had one of the fairest, I think, um purchase prices of magic cards in the city because we paid half in store credit or a quarter in cash. So, you know, at the time it was great. We would put them out on a lot of the, the expensive ones we'd put out on eBay and, and make a killing on. In fact, um, we had a guy come in and he sold us two bazaars of Baghdad. Ooh. Okay. Very rare. Hard they, to find. they are. I had never seen one before the day he brought in two of them. If only it would have been four. Why would that have made a difference? Full playset? I suppose. So we took one of them, and I looked them up, and they were going at like 150 or 160 bucks at the time. So we would always put them on eBay at minimum bid of half, you know, and then we'd add shipping to it. So we put it in there. I think it was. I think we started at minimum bid of 75 bucks, and we got that almost instantly. Of course. You know, and it gets to the end, and in the last hour, it went from... $110, which I was pretty happy with, because I paid 75 bucks for the pair, because a quarter Highway cash. Robbery. No, it was it was half in ca- or it was a quarter in cash, and he didn't want store credit. Otherwise, he would have you know. He would he would have um, been walking away with more out of the store. Yeah, exactly. So we sold he, we bought them in cash. I put one online. We were at 110 bucks. I'm like, okay, I paid for both of them Already. plus a little bit. And in that last hour, it went from $110 for a card that cost $160. Bucks, it sold for like $212 or something like that. You can't find them because anybody who has them doesn't want to get rid of them. And you Except get in, for in small towns. Yeah. And you get in this, in this bidding war. Just went. I'm just watching it. I'm like, and then it sold. And I'm like, okay. And then I sent off the invoice. And the guy paid it like instantly. Cut. Yeah, exactly. You know, it was things like that that was great. But then there was other times you'd put stuff out there and it wouldn't sell and it wouldn't sell or you'd sell in bundles and you didn't make any money. You were just pushing yeah. money from one place to another. Yeah. And, and you know, I guess I'm talking more about how the, the store operated, but a lot of people don't understand. Just because you own a business, you're not rich. Usually it's the exact opposite. Exactly. Unless 
you enjoy the time you put into it. Then you're always rich. Well, I enjoyed. I love this shop. I don't think anybody out there that knew me at the time or watched Adam and I run the shop would think that we didn't love the shop. There were some days. Well, there were some days, but there was always sleep. Sleep or just time with my family. I mean, I had little kids at the time. Um, and little-ish. Little-ish. Yeah, littler. They're now, my oldest one is leaving for college in the fall. And so when's the party? Uh, June. <laughs> no. The see ya, arrivederci, don't come back. Oh, August. Okay. June is, June is her graduation oh, yeah, party. A... And, um. No, wait. The big party is in two years or three Two years after that, <laughs> when my littlest one goes. But she uh, she started driving this summer. She uh, gets her license in August. So Pedestrians in the, in the village <laughs> of Weston and city of Schofield, beware. <laughs> Actually, it's kind of funny. My oldest one hates driving. She'll drive. I mean, she does. She drives. Well, my, of course. My youngest one loves it. She is like, her and Nikki went to Appleton a few weeks ago. She wanted to drive, so she drove all the way to Appleton on her temps. I drove to Florida on a temps. Did you really? (laughs) Through Chicago, Atlanta, and I want to say, yeah, Nashville, and somewhere else, too. Well, Nashville's not so bad. Atlanta sucks. I've heard. It was road construction season there. Well, it's always in Atlanta. I've never been... Well, I've been through Atlanta. I've flown and flew into Atlanta. You never had to drive. I've never had to drive. I've never been in Atlanta. I flew through Atlanta on my way to Macon. Macon, Georgia is small. But you know what it has going for it? What's that? Cheap hotel rooms. Yes. They are technically the cheapest ones in both Florida and Georgia. In Macon, Georgia. Macon, Georgia, because it's just over the line and it's, it's been cut rate for years. (laughs) <laughs> Usually half the price of anywhere else, at least. But it was kind of funny. Good plug, making Chamber of Commerce, I'll take any and I'll give some tickets and free trips. <laughs> it's making Georgia. Yeah, but you're only a couple hours from, from Orlando or wherever you want to go in Florida. I suppose. And, right. and, and by that point, you're already past Atlanta, so who cares? <laughs> so, min-max characters yes. in general. Yes. Uh, I'm not a fan of people who min-max because they're doing it for a specific reason. Like, they want to be muscle or they want to be the most powerful wizard. Mm -hmm. To me, min-maxing, though, leaves them wide open to whatever other thing I want to do to them. Very true. Now, I will will say min-maxing has its purpose, though. Which would be what? When you have somebody who's an experienced player. Okay. That understands you're playing for fun, and not just your enjoyment, but everybody's enjoyment, including the DMs. But you've got a group of six players, and you have one or two that have any experience, then you want a min-max character for one of your experienced players. Just in case it gets a little gets a little hairy, at that point, then they can come in and rule the world. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, I... Now, these, my, are, these are people that understand you don't do it all the time. Right. Now, my big problem with min-max characters is there was about three years where once a month, more or less, I would go up to my brother's house. He lives about four hours from here, up north in the middle of the woods. And they needed a DM. And he said, you know, I've got this group of three guys. We like the game. We don't have a DM. 
You, you want to do it? And I said, well, I suppose I could do that. You know, drive up there once a month, run for, I would run eight to ten hours. Visit for a day, spend a night. Yeah, exactly. And they were all min-maxers. All they wanted to do was go in, kill everything, take the treasure, and leave. So they were hacking slash nice to the dinner table. Yes, and it drove me nuts. And because it was my brother and his friends, I did this for like three years. And then finally I was just like, I couldn't take it anymore. And I tried to build story into it other than, oh, this guy hires you to go kill that thing. And they, they, they just, they all shut down. It's like, actually role play? Uh, no. I had a 15-year-old like that in my last one. Uh, oh, kids. Kids are the best people oh, no, to this, play. He was the only kid. The rest of them were adults. Okay. His his uncle was there. His aunt was there. A couple friends. You know, he's 15 years old, just trying to figure it out. Read a lot of books. Okay. Played a lot of video games. He was <sighs> trying to build his character based on a video game character. I'm like, no, you don't want to do that. You can't do that. He tried. He failed. He died twice. At this point, I said, no, I will make you a character, and I will let help you flesh it out a little bit. <laughs> Why? Trying to teach. Trying to show him, use your creativity. We're going to have, we're going to do something completely different. Right. Every character I make, I try to make different, you know, from the last one. Now, in the amount of years I've been playing, you're, I have, you're, you're, you you're, reuse character ideas. Yeah. I play rogues. That's you play rogues, other people, Adam Nessler play Elvish, yeah. Rangers. Yeah, yeah. it's just like everybody kind of finds, and it kind of goes back to that first group you ever played with. What was that first character you played that you really enjoyed, you know? I was a cleric. So you were one of those. <laughs> I was a cleric because everybody, nobody else wanted to heal. Right. And we had nobody that wanted to be a paladin. Well, and, and that was a funny thing. When I'm talking about my brother's group up north... They never had, they always wanted to carry, you know, tons of healing potions and stuff. So one time I'm like, you know what, I'm going to be nice. And this was early on. I'm like, I'll be nice. I made a nice um, cleric for them, right? Put her on the side of the road. She was sleeping. And did I'm they like, kill the cleric? they did. They slit her throat without even wait, waking wait, wait, her wait, up. Wait, 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 Cleric of what? I don't even remember. Oh, because that would have been a perfect way to get the wrath of a god. A god, not the god, a Yes, in, in in fantasy role playing, there are tons of gods. Well, depending on your al- depends on your alignment, depends on what you want to do, depends on what your career path is. You can have they have things for everything. Yep, anything from Alona, the the goddess of elves and goodness, to Vecna, the god of death. You've got and everything in between. And then you got the fun fun one of trickery and magic. Yes, that would be, uh, well, it depends on which pantheon, but that would basically be Loki, if you're talking a Norse pantheon. I'm trying to think of who it was. In base 3-5 it was Bacab. Bacab, yes. So it was... Which gave you a lot of fun and a lot of flexibility. In second ad, I always played the goddess Timora as Ooh. my goddess, because she was the goddess of luck. Her holy symbol was a coin. So easy to hide. Yeah, exactly. Until your pockets started glowing. Well, I wasn't a cleric. Is that a glowing coin in your pocket, or are you just happy to see the bar winch? <laughs> hmm. I don't know how to answer that, so I'm just going to move on as if I didn't hear it. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so it's just one of those things that um, 
you know, min-maxing just kind of gets under my skin in a normal play. Yes, there are times for it. Yes, there are people who can pull it off and do it pretty well. Um, I don't know if you know Tim Bishop. Yes. Okay, Tim once played a summoner, and he min-maxed the shit out of this thing, which was cool. Which is something I've never played. Which is something I would never want to play. It's not the type of character I would play, but they are kind of cool characters. But he had this, uh, what do they call them, Alonas or some sort of creature, magical creature. And it got to the point where it was so bad, and this actually kind of ruined, and sorry about this, Tim, but it kind of ruined the game towards the end for me. Curse you, Tim. Curse you. <laughs> because he had this creature, and he would throw up a wall of force, and the creature would go in and kill everybody. And, and nobody there, had to see it. Well, not we could see it through the wall of force, but we couldn't get through the wall of force to actually fight. So it was it was to me it got kind of repetitive and I you know, as a character, you wanted to get in there and fight. Or as a player, I guess. Your characters probably didn't care. They're like, Oh, it's getting done and we're I don't getting, have to die. Getting the swag. Right. But you you as a player are getting none of the enjoyment. Right. And then at the very end, there was there's a polymorph other spell, which Tim had for levels upon levels, and he would try it all the time, and it would never work, and it would never work, and it would never work. So we get to the final battle, the final bad guy, the big bad the, Uber. Right. This is this was Pathfinder, and it was the sixth book of a six book arc series. You know, we get to that final bad guy. He casts the goddamn spell, and it goes off. We beat down a squirrel with, like, 600 hit points. The only thing that would have been worse than a squirrel? What? A fish out of water. (laughs) Or, it's a spider. Dead. Splat. You know, it was just just one of those things, though. It's like, we we had spent, like, two or three weeks getting ready for the final combat, you know? big... You know, get ready, get all your magical you know, stuff, get all your swag, get make sure everything's ready to go. And it's a it's a five man party. You figure two to three are gonna die in this. At least. And we have to fight a fucking squirrel. Thank goodness podcasts are not not controlled by the SEC. Correct. Yet. <laughs> well, if they start controlling the podcast, then I probably will stop doing the podcast. Because. I swear, it happens. People that listen, this is episode 38. People that listen know that I swear. A lot of times my guests also swear. It's just... I have small children at home. I try not to. You know, actually, my kids have worse potty melts than I do sometimes. So, have you been watching too much HBO? No, they've they've lived with me. Why <laughs> they? So, anyway, you know... And I guess this has kind of just turned into a general gaming podcast. It's, you know, it, it, it started with one thing, and I can never stay on topic even in conversations with normal people, let alone Chad, who there's lots of history with. And I'm can, not at all normal. We can, we can both run tangents off tangents off tangents and never really come back to the original tangent. Correct. Shoot, we could do this as a regular, regular, you know, turn one episode into seven. Well, yes, we could, except... Like I said, I'm old, it's late, and, and we're not going to... I think your wife's home. I, it does sound like my wife is home, but that's okay. She knows we're down here, so... He's in the basement with another man. 
I am. Not that I'm that kind of guy, but still. So he has claimed twice in this episode already, so I'm trying to wonder if uh, perhaps you protest too much, sir. Not that there's anything wrong with it, but still. <laughs> oh, I'm going to get censored. Anyway. Sorry, Jerry Seinfeld. I can't pass that one up. <laughs> so anyway, um, gaming in general, how long? You said you started when you were eight. I dabbled at eight. I really got into it about 14, so 20 plus years. Yeah, so we're in the same boat as far as that goes, because I started when I was 18. I'm 41 now, so you do the math, because I'm bad at math. 23. There you go. 23 ish. So, um, you know, and I've been DMing probably for 21 of those years. Um, you know, I've, I've run games that lasted years. I've run games that have lasted one session. He ran a game once that lasted under an hour. I did? Yep. Okay. Two players ticked you off. You said, I'm done and walked home. You said, screw this. I'm going home. When was this? I'll tell you off the air. It, no, it, no, this it, is it, this is perfect for on it the air. Publicly happened. Where did this happen? Game night. Okay, let's hear it. At the original Schofield Metro Plaza location. Okay. Which then became Chatham Games a few years later, just out of coincidence, the exact same location. No, actually, we were two doors down. You were? We were two doors closer to the road. That's yeah. right. Because that one was taken. Yes, it was. But. There was a young gentleman who at that point was junior high age. This has to be Ben Cleats. There was a young gentleman. <laughs> there was another gentleman who was a couple years older. Named Chris Foley. I do not remember this. I ran into an issue with the younger gentleman. I got to the point where I literally turned and killed him. Oh, I do remember this. <laughs> I said, you bother me. Die. <laughs> I believe you said I cut him, I hamstrung him and nicked the femoral artery. Sounds about right. And left him laying and bleeding on the side of the road. And I was the I was the good cleric. Oh. But we found a way to tie it into the game. I'm sure we did. But at that point I started killing everybody else and he said, screw this. <laughs> I'm out of here. Yeah, that was one thing, you know... And as I've gamed more and I've run more, I actually enjoy inter-party strife to a certain degree. Yes. That kind of goes over the line of well, a certain it didn't, degree. It didn't, I think what really put you over the edge was when I killed his third character of that session. <laughs> in under an hour. I'm pretty sure this is the same player who, uh, Ben Cleats, um, was playing in my, um, in my Dead Earth campaign. And we went into a town, they came into this town, and the sheriff is like, you know, came up to him and said, you guys look like you're bad news, get whatever you need in town, get the hell out, kind of thing. And Cleats is like, make me. <laughs> so, the, the sheriff drops his, his uh, double barrel shotgun at him, and says, you can leave right now. And he goes, make me. Bam! <laughs> he didn't leave town, but he was done playing. <laughs> Although he got very good at making characters quickly. Yes. I mean, yes. I, I think I think at one point he was under five minutes, <laughs> including including equipment for new characters. 
Because of what, different classes. Yeah, yeah, he got pretty good at making characters because they died often. Now I haven't played with him in years. Neither, I I haven't seen him in years. I run into him every once in a while. Uh, but you know, I I haven't played with him in I years. Have young children, I don't get out unless I'm working. Or doing podcasts. Well, this is also after bedtime. Yeah, that's true. It was enjoyable to watch Empire Strikes Back for the first time with my daughter. She was a little worried in the dark side cave, you know. She's like, wait, did that really happen? What's going on? And then she saw Vader again and Bespin, and, you know, it was all fine. <laughs> so she's good with Vader, just not the dark side. No, she was a little confused. Okay. You know, because she has never seen it. Right, right. And we're going the machete version. Four, five, one, two, three, six. And then we're going on from there. So seven. Um, which... Force Awakens was an awesome movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of looking forward to eight. That's coming out at Christmas time. I want to say it is, and the trailer looks amazing. Yes, the little teaser that they've shown so far looks good. Um, but you know, it's one of those things. I never thought that a series of nine movies would be enjoyable because How about a series of three movies just to start with. Well, yes. Now but then he did it twice with Indiana Jones, also right. But, you know, episodes four, five, and six are, of course, when you talk about the trilogy, that's the trilogy. That's the base. That is the... That is the Quintessential... Canon. Canon, yes. And then you have one, two, and three, which came out starting, I think, in 2002 or something like that. No. Episode one came out when I was still in high school. Really? Was it? 99. 99. Yeah, 99. Came out 99, because then I went off to college... In Minneapolis, at a theater that is no longer in Roseville, was there, and every Tuesday you could go watch a movie for a dollar. Otherwise, it was like two or three dollars any other time, and they were still showing it okay. in October. So it was a second-run theater kind of thing. Oh, yes, but it was a wonderful thing. When you yeah, were we had one of those when I when I lived in Eau Claire. We had that too. We could go to a movie. It was it was kind of funny. You could go to the movie for like three bucks. It was like a buck and a half a person, and then even the um. Even like the popcorn and soda were half price mm-hmm. compared to the the big theater. It's like so you had to wait a couple months to see it, but it was like. I remember when Cedar Creek first opened, they had all movies on Tuesdays for two dollars before they were before they were Marcus. Right now they're five dollars on That's Tuesday. That's where I saw Star Trek Generations for the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth time. Okay, it was a good movie. It wasn't that good. It was the first new Star Trek movie in how long? That's okay. And it had both Kirk and Picard. Okay, fair enough. And Worf. Well, Worf. Okay, I'll give you that. Now, see, I'm a big Picard fan. And Kirk, of course, is Kirk. He is who he shall be. True. (laughs) But when they crossed him over and they did the whole Nexus thing, I thought that was just a cheap play on um, William Shatner's part just to be in the movie. But then they did that in the latest revamp of Star Trek II with Nimoy. True. And it's too bad that Leonard's gone, because I'd like to see where that character would have went. But now we just have uh, Zachary Quinto. Which, you know, I kind of like his Spock. I kind of like his Spock. He's a different style of Spock, but he's true to the Spock. Well, it's an alternate universe. But he's still true to the Spock personality. Yes, absolutely. All right, man. Well, I want to thank you for coming out. This has been fun. I told you I'd I'd put you uh, talking in five seconds or less. (laughs) And, And you did, and kept me talking. So... Um, you know, now we're going to, uh, end the night with a quote of the day. And this is just something I do. I read a quote of the day, uh, tell you who it's from, 
what they're known for. And then if we want to, we can talk about it a little bit. Otherwise, we can call it a night and get the hell out of here. So, the fear of death follows from the fear of life. A man who lives fully is prepared to die at any time. Uh, that was said by Samuel Langhorne Clemens, better known uh, by his pen name Mark Twain. Uh, from lived from November 30th, 1835 to the, uh, April 21st, 1910. He was an American writer, humorist, entrepreneur, publisher, and lecturer. Among his novels are The Adventures of Tom Sawyer, uh, 1876, and its sequel, The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn in 1885, the latter often called The Great American Novel. Now, have you read those two books, just out of curiosity? I actually own both. Do you? Have you read them, though? Yes. Okay, because I own a lot. Multiple times. I actually own a lot of books that I have not read. I I try to always have a copy of the classics and read them. Well, to me, they are the same story, and I don't think you can argue that just told from two different points of view. Um. At least where they overlap. Yes, there is always that overlap, which is different, but then they do kind of. Well, yeah, because there's because Tom's goes one way and and Huck Finn goes yeah. So he goes down the river. Not in a van, down by the river, but he goes down the river. <laughs> All right, man. Well, again, like I said, thank you uh, for stopping by. And, um, oh, uh, the one thing I forgot to do is next week our guest is going to be a buddy of mine. His name is Carl Olson. Um, I've known Carl for a lot of years. Carl and I attempted to write a uh, board game together, which uh, still sits in my uh <laughs> In my closet of all it's places. It's in the R&D department. Yeah, pretty much, which is the bottom of my closet. Um, but we'll have Carl on. We'll talk to him and uh, see what's going on with that. So, ever wonder to yourself, how do I let this guy know how much I like slash hate this podcast? Or think to yourself, man, I'd love to be a guest on his podcast. I have a great idea for a topic. Well, you're in luck. There are two ways for you to reach out to me. First, send me an email at whosepodcastisit at gmail.com. And leave me a message. Or if you're more into the social media stuff, you can find me on Facebook at Whose Podcast Is It Anyway? Either way, I look forward to hearing from you. I want to thank everybody for listening, and we'll talk to you next week.